This is Victoria, and you're listening to Authentic. In this new episode, I'll be speaking in English, but as English is not my mother tongue, I would really appreciate if you could be a bit more indulgent than usual. Before diving into this new episode, I would really like to meditate together for some minutes. So... Just close your eyes and take a long and deep breath. Inhale through the nose and sigh through the mouth. And I'd like you to take five more long and deep breaths at your own pace, very gently, without forcing anything in your body. And after those five long and deep breaths, I'd like you to visualize a moment in your life that felt overwhelming, that felt really difficult a moment where you felt you would never make it through another day. And I'll, I'd just like you to remember that day, that precise moment, that feeling. And as you're here listening to this podcast today, you know that you made it. So I just would like you to tell that person in that moment, moment of life of insecurity, of fear, of sadness, or of anything else you were feeling at that moment. I would like you to tell that person that you in the past, that everything is going to be all right. So I'd like you to visualize yourself as a little kid going through that difficult time you went through. And I would like you to talk to that little kid, that little you, and tell that person that everything is going to be all right. And you know that. Because today, you're here and you're alive. So just take those moments to tell to that little person, to that inside kid of yours, that everything's going to be all right, no matter what you're going through. Everything is going to be all right. Now take a long and deep breath. Inhale through the nose and release everything through the mouth. And just continue as long as you need in order to release 
all those fears, all those insecurities, all that sadness, all that past you might be clinging to, or those events that might define you, but that actually don't, because they live in the past and you only live in the present. So if you could just promise yourself one thing today, it would be to live here and now and to leave behind everything that holds you back and that doesn't serve you anymore. Just allow yourself to be vulnerable and to feel whatever you're feeling right now. And by releasing all of that, you'll create some space for new things, new memories, new adventures, new people, new relationships, new things that you've been dreaming of or wanting for a long time, but that couldn't enter your life because there was no space, because that space was filled with the past, with old memories, and with things you don't need anymore. So just, just say thank you to all of those things in your life that you went through. Thank that little inner child of yours. Thank all those people that hurt you, disappointed you, left you behind. Just thank anything you can think of. Because all of those things just made what you are today. They're all part of the person that you became. And if you're here and alive now, it is thanks of that. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And just take your time to either open your eyes or keep them closed as long as you need. And we'll meet each other back for the rest of this episode. I will just dive deep into what I will be sharing today. So I was just listening back to that meditation I just recorded and it kind of made me want to meditate myself. So I started meditating with my own voice on, which was a, a bit weird to be honest. And then I felt it. I really felt the pain and I could just relive that moment 
I just asked you to visualize. And I just saw myself lying on the ground and crying and screaming and not being able to breathe anymore and just wanting to die because of the pain. It was in my old house, the one I lived in with my ex. And I know I've been talking a lot about him. And it's not that I want to talk about him. It's just that all that awakening I've been through actually happened during those last seven years, no more, actually 10 years. And those years, seven out of those 10 years have actually been um, spent with him in my life. So he will come back a lot, not because I want to talk about him, but because I still kind of um, associate him with my awakening in that period of my life, which is obviously something I really need to work on because he doesn't define me, neither my awakening or my changes that I decided to do in my life. But anyways, I could just see myself on the ground. I remember exactly what I wore, what I looked like that day what we did just before and after. And I can just feel in my heart and in my chest that pain that literally blocked me from breathing and from thinking clearly. It was one of those moments where I really thought that the idea of breaking up with that guy was literally going to kill me. And there was a little voice inside of me that told me that it was going to be all right. My guts told me that it was the right thing to do. But my brain kept on holding onto the idea that being with someone having a kind of security uh, that is emotional, financial, um, whatever, is more important than anything that is happening inside of your heart and your belly. And I actually knew at that time that it was not a pain that really came from my heart. I mean, yes, it came from my heart, but it was not a pain that came from the idea of separation. It was a pain that if I lose him, I would lose the love. The love that I allow myself to receive. Because he's the only person that I really accepted and opened my heart to in my entire life and 
it actually, I just want to illustrate it with a song so that you might understand it a bit better. But there is that song that keeps, that really keeps just coming in my head when I think of those kind of moments in my life. And it's a song of Florence and the Machine that I love so much, probably because it describes me so well. And it's actually the title of my episode. It's You've Got the Love, but actually the lyrics are You've Got the Love, I Need to See Me Through. And so I remember, I really remember that that pain, those tears, those just those screams that came out of me were not really the fear of losing him. It was that fear of having to face myself on my own and that fear of having to love myself on my own because I just realized that when he was not there, there was nobody else that could love me. Because there is no self-love inside of myself. And especially at that time when I just dedicated myself and my life and everything to that person. And it just really made me realize how unhealthy that relationship was and how my self-worth was defined by someone else's attachment or love for me. And it felt so hard, so harsh, so rough, so impossible, so unbearable to just overcome that situation because I've had, I just had come to to realize that I could not live without him anymore. Not because I loved him, because love is inc- unconditional. And and if you love someone, you love that person, whether you're with that person or not. You just want that person's happiness. And so actually that sadness, that fear that was literally embodying me completely and making me lose my mind and my control was just that lack of love that overflew me completely, overflowed me completely and just came back to the surface telling me, well, he's not going to be there. So who is going to love you now? Because you don't love yourself. And he was a solution, just a little bandage to that wound of yours. And now that we're ripping off that bandage, what are you seeing? What is there to be released, relieved? And that was it. It was that acknowledgement that I did not love myself. And that for all those years, past years and months and whatever, since the day I met him, all those years of just 
putting a bandage on that deep wound. And now I had to rip off that, that bandage again because it happened twice. Actually, three times, whatever. And so that's what I want to talk about today. It's self-love. And I know it might sound silly and mainstream or maybe a bit too hippie. But it actually really is an issue for many of us. And I know it well, way too well. And I just would like to share my little part of sorry with you. Some time ago, my sisters and I just watched all those old videos, movies and recordings of when we were little. And my memory actually remembers a part of a video where we were on holidays and where I kept on saying to that camera, are you watching me? Mom, dad, are you watching me? Mom, dad, watch me. And it actually just now resonates into my brain constantly as if, I don't know why, but I just needed to be heard and I needed to be seen. And it actually makes a lot of sense now, now that I'm recording those episodes in that podcast, and now that I'm talking so openly on Instagram and Facebook, and now that I kind of need to be heard and seen, it actually didn't come out of nowhere. I think it's a wound that is there since my childhood. And I literally have no idea where that comes from because I just don't know yet, but it's a process and I'll dive into it now, later, whenever it comes. Um, but so I want to talk about that self-love and how actually Instagram and other things really helped me and are still helping me. But at the same time, they really are destroying me. It's a bit controversial, but I actually just took one week of Instagram and it was amazing. Like literally, it was awesome. I had so much more time to do things. I was not just losing time on my phone, just scrolling and watching just stories or liking posts like automatically, not even really seeing them. Um, and it really felt quite good. So the reason behind it, if you've been watching my, my stories and my posts, the reason behind my one week deleting Instagram and Facebook from my phone was actually that I just realized and I just observed that I was constantly focusing and obsessing, to be honest, obsessing on other women's bodies and being jealous and envying those women because of their bodies. And not actually not only on Instagram and Facebook, but also in real life. So whenever I see someone, I directly, instantly look at their shape, 
their body, their thighs, their belly, their arms. And I directly just look at how thin they are, how sporty, how lean they are. And I just envy them. And it's as if I was feeding myself with like those really bad and negative emotions and and thoughts and feelings of kind of self-sabotaging and self-destroying um, just thoughts actually because like why would I do that to me to myself and I just realized that I not only envy them I also compare them and I compare myself to them and I constantly ask myself am I as skinny was I as skinny am I that fat oh am I less fat oh good oh if I look that if I look like that woman amazing I look awesome and I just like spend my time comparing myself I spend my time just hating myself every time a little more and it's really like it has been destroying me my life and actually my social life because I don't want to go out anymore I don't want to see people I just want to wear like my working and, and yoga outfits because I feel like nothing fits me anymore and I feel so fat and ugly and awful and I know those are not kind words towards myself I know that but I just want you to realize how my inner thoughts really are how really hides behind those pretty pictures and that Instagram perfect life that actually is not at all perfect or Instagrammable. Um, so I really just realized those thoughts were just killing me and they were just nurturing that negative feeling and that bad image and that lack of love I have for myself. And so I, I'm so lucky to have met amazing people here in Sydney. I haven't met that many people, to be honest, because I work a lot and I go to bed really early and I wake up really early. But the few people I met are so beautiful souls and I'm so thankful to that. And I actually want to thank Laura for that and Chloe because it's really thanks, thanks to those two that I'm just living what I'm living right now and thanks to myself obviously so thank you myself <laughs> um and i met that awesome naturopath and when i was in my second meeting with her i i could talk to her about that little voice inside of myself actually i didn't really realize i really had that little voice inside of myself and i know that a lot of people with eating disorder they have that little voice but i never really acknowledged that little voice inside of myself and phoebe my naturopath just told me okay that's that little voice i was like oh i do have that little voice true okay that's not me and she really helped me by um telling me that I should name that little voice and give that little voice a name 
So one name just hit me and it was Ursula. It's that ugly, like, creature, underwater creature in The Little Mermaid. And she's so disgusting and she really makes me think of that little voice inside of myself that constantly just kills me and tells me how ugly and fat and horrible I am and that I, that I'm not worthy and that I'm definitely not as good at, as those girls I see on Instagram or in real life and actually since since that Thursday well that last Thursday since that meeting with Phoebe I actually finally I'm able to really observe that little voice and tell that little voice to just shut up <laughs> for a moment. And it kind of works. So I just tell her, Ursula, shut up. That's not me talking, that's Ursula. And I know it might sound a bit silly and crazy, but so that's that little voice. And that inner voice of mine is there constantly and all the time. And I know that that inner voice She has been there for a long time and I'm gonna call her she because Ursula is a she. Um, she has been there for a long time and I know that she has a lot to do with my eating disorders, my lack of self-confidence, my um, the moments in my life where I dove, I dove into depression and all those really, really dark periods of my life and I know that she was always there and now I'm finally able to just observe that little voice and I'm step by step communicating with that little voice and I realize that I realize that since that since Thursday it's really recent but I kind of cope with that little voice and I can quiet it down a little And it really makes me feel good. So if you have that little voice inside of you, just try to give that voice a really ugly name. And when you hear that little voice sabotaging you, just tell that little voice to quiet down or to completely shut up. <laughs> It's an option as well. Um, but so that little voice has been in my life since a long time. And probably way before all my eating disorders and way before my heartbreaks, probably way before, but it has been coming back like a boomerang since my first big heartbreak with that ex of mine. Um, and yeah, so the first time, as I told in a previous episode, the first time that little voice arrived in my life was when I first, when I was dumped the first time when in 2011 and that little voice just told me I won't you won't eat until he comes back um so that was the beginning of that little voice and so I started starving myself because I felt like I was not worth it because at that time already I was loving myself through the eyes of someone else which was his eyes. And when he stopped, I'm not sure he stopped loving me, but whatever, it's not the topic. But when he stopped choosing to be with me, I kind of, I kind of just left myself as well. And it's as if he left with a part of me. 
uh, that part of me that loved myself, that part of me that was proud of myself, that part of me that thought I was sometimes sexy, sometimes beautiful, sometimes intelligent, worth it, loved, whatever. All those feelings that made me feel good kind of disappeared with him and it really felt like a part of me was ripped off my chest and my heart and my entire body. And it was so horrible. But at that time, I was really young and the only reaction I, I, I had was just to, to drink and to party with my friends. And of course, not to talk about that and to just avoid any conversation about emotions or how I was feeling. And I remember that back then, my really close friend that I actually lost because I, I think like my attitude was just so awful and so harsh and so difficult to understand and to cope with that my friend just left me because I was too hard and and I think I, I heard them a lot. I didn't want to, but it was that lack of self-love that was just not able to love anyone else. Not friends, not family members, nobody. And so the only thing that I did was just trying to find someone that would love me more than I would love him. And so that that's actually what I did. I found a boyfriend at that time that loved me so much I didn't want to be with him in the first place but then he loved me so much he was so nice so kind he was funny and and he was just filling up that gap that gap that 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 entire gap that place that didn't love myself because he loved me however I mean whoever I was, however, like, he just loved me anyways. And, and so I just decided that I should give it a go. So I did it him for six months, then obviously it didn't work out. And I did exactly the same thing with another guy. Another guy that actually was one of my closest friends, ex. And so once again, I hurt that person I loved so much my friend because I started dating her ex and I didn't even start dating him because I liked him of course I liked him but I could just have chosen someone else but I decided to date him because it was it was kind of my inner Ursula voice telling me see you're you're at least as worthy as her because he's dating you. And so I kind of had a, a a ladder or like a level I could measure myself with. And and it was like, okay, if he dated her and after he's dating me and he's choosing me over her, that's probably because I'm worth it than her. And so I like that, like since since 2011, every time I just tried to feel worthy in such unhealthy ways as the two examples I just gave you. Just because there was no self-love, 
there was no self-confidence and there was such a big gap into my heart for myself. And at that time, I was pretty sure that I was never, never going to be able to love myself. It was actually not even a question. I didn't even know it existed. But those were the reactions I had because I could not do anything else at that moment in my life because I did not know any other solution. So to all the people I hurt, I am truly and deeply sorry. But this is the only thing that I could do with all I had at that time. And the only solution was to love myself through other people's eyes. And that's actually why I've just accumulated so many, so many unhealthy relationships that are friendships or, or intimate relationships. They were all unhealthy in a way because I kind of used those people to feel loved and I didn't really appreciate them at their true value. And I am so, so, so sorry for that. Really, truly and deeply. Because I wish I had never hurt those people. But I did. And I think it's already a huge step to acknowledge that. To be able to speak it up. And I actually did talk to those people and just ask them for forgiveness. And I think it's a really important part of that healing process um, is to ask for forgiveness of the mistakes that we make. And so my life kept going on and I kept actually on kind of feeding relationships that were toxic or interdependent, codependent, and there were so many uh, labels that we could label actually those relationships with, um, but I don't really like labels, so I won't label them, but those really unhealthy relationships. And my actual, actual, um, my actual eating disorders um, started to be compulsive after that. So when I had nobody to tell me how awesome, pretty, sexy, um, loved I was, I actually just ended up alone because I, I lost friends, I hurt, and I lost boyfriends, and it was really difficult to communicate with my family because I didn't really feel understood. Also because I couldn't actually communicate. It was so hard for me to talk about that because I felt so, so bad and so sad and so unworthy. I just didn't want and I, I didn't want to like show up being vulnerable and... I was so scared of what was hiding underneath all those layers that I just ended up being mean and I shut myself down and I didn't want to talk to anyone. And so, yeah, I just, I just 
found some kind of um how could you say kind of um, um secure places in into solitude into yoga meditation and all that new path that was that awakening but before that path i was struggling with bulimia and i've actually to be honest i've actually never liked my body even when i look at pictures of when i was quite skinny i remember i told all my friends and i told myself I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I have to lose weight, oh my god, look, I gained some weight, and I was really skinny, I think I weighed maybe 50 kilos for more than a meter and 70 centimeter, I think I'm 172 uh, centimeters high, and I was maybe weighing 50, 52 kilos, I was quite skinny, but um, yeah, I just... I just never thought I was skinny enough, and I don't know why at that time, being skinny was the level of self-love I had. So the more skinny, I mean, what I thought, the more skinny I was, the more loved I would be, which obviously was not true at all. Um, because I was skinny, I was not happy. I had a boyfriend, I was gonna get married, I was living with that person, and I was not happy. So that lack of love that is filled by someone else or something else is never going to change what is really happening inside and so at that time when I was really struggling with eating disorders um, which was bulimia I think I can call that um, at that time was actually a kind of um, a kind of exit of my lack of love of self-love um, because I could, I kind of found in food, I don't know, not love, but like warmth and company. And I know it really sounds silly, but that's how I felt. And I, I just couldn't talk about it to anyone. And so because I felt like the skinniest I became, the more loved I would be because that's how I grew up in, maybe in that world of fashion where everyone is so skinny and thus super, super successful. I actually felt like I had to become more skinny. So I just restricted myself on so many foods, like carbs, like sugar, like so many things. And when you really just forbid yourself to eat some stuff when you do eat one little piece of that thing like when you just when you have like a little a little bit a slightly idea of what that freedom would feel like of just being able to eat a little bit of that that forbidden thing you just run into it like just wide open and you just destroy everything by eating everything you cannot eat at least what you told yourself you could not eat and so that's how I started becoming bulimic and binging and then 
throwing up because I just couldn't bear looking myself in the mirror and acknowledging I just ate all of that and that many calories and that many sugar. And so I just, it was the start of that that really vicious circle of self-hate and self-destruction. And uh, it was so horrible and I never told anyone anyone nobody knew about that nobody because I continued to eat normally on restricted on really restricted diet and when I had those bingings nobody saw me I always I was so ashamed of it that I would never eat something sugary or something fat in front of someone. I would always do that hidden somewhere. And so I would go, of course, like on my own, somewhere throw up. So nobody knew. And that was my kind of start of coping with self-hatred and the lack of self-love. And I think it goes hand in hand with the lack of self-confidence that I still have. Um, and so yeah that was the beginning of that really really difficult part and at that time I was still so sure that my ex was the man of my dreams and that he would come back and and that idea of him coming back was always always kind of um kind of feeding my thoughts and my mind and my actually lack of self-love, um, no, my lack of self-love, because every time I would think of him, I would be like, oh yeah, but he's not there anymore and doesn't love me anymore, and he's dating that other girl, so that is way skinnier than me, so obviously I am not worthy enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not good enough, and I would just self-destroy myself like that all the time. And then that actually food problem kind of resolved itself but not really um I again put a kind of bandage on it so I stopped um I stopped puking but I didn't really stop being obsessed with food um but then my all my awakening started and I met yoga and I met all those awesome people that really helped me face those problems. So that was the first part of just realizing that I had no self-love and that I really didn't love myself at all and that I was destroying myself on purpose because, as I told in a previous episode, because I, it's easier to not love yourself and as a result, not love yourself, then try to love yourself. And as a result, not being able to love yourself because I didn't want to fail. So I just decided I would destroy myself. So it would be way easier because then there would only be one person to blame, would be me. So I just, um, I just started acknowledging all of those thoughts and I met yoga and then all my journey began. It didn't solve my weight, my obsessions but I started conscious eating um, intuitive eating and I started really like letting my body decide for myself and I think it's a it's the start that was the beginning of a bit more of self-love it's still not self-confidence but it's self-love so that was actually the, the first step towards myself and 
it was not easy. It took me a lot of time um, because food has, since 2011, has been a real big problem in my life and still is today. Um, reason why I'm seeing people that are helping me. Um, but so then magically, miraculously, unfortunately, I don't know, um, that ex showed up again, as I told you. Um, he came back to me and we started dating again. And literally the day we started dating, all my problems with food disappeared. And not only my problems with food, but actually all my gained kilos disappeared. And I promise you, I did never, never do any kind of diet. I didn't restrict myself on anything. And I went, we went to the restaurant at least once a day. And when I went to the restaurant, we were ordering um, like desserts and really good meals. And I was eating everything, literally everything. And I lost 10 kilos, I think, in maybe about less than six months by not doing anything. And so that's where I realized, and I actually knew it before we got back together, I knew that my problem, my weight was not something connected to what I ate because I ate quite clean, like really clean. Um, it was because of the emotions that were uh, associated with when I ate, how I ate and what I ate. And so the second I started dating him again, the second where I felt loved again, And the second where that huge gap in my heart was filled again, I started losing that weight and all that pressure that was on my shoulders. And I just started losing, yeah, all, all that pressure. And my body just translated it by losing that weight that I've been accumulating for so long and and I just I just knew that that gained weight was not a real like food problem it was a problem related to my self-worth and my self-love and and because I was in that relationship that I was sure was going to last for all my life I didn't really put that problem into perspective because to me, it was going to be like that forever. So I thought that I was never, I would never have to face that problem again because I would be skinny forever, because I would be with him forever and he would love me forever. So I kind of put that problem aside and then we dated together we dated, sorry, we spent a lot of time together and two years together and we started projecting our lives quite quickly and and decided we wanted to get married and have a family and move in together. And, and so as I said in my previous um, episode, um, 
I just started losing myself in in him and in his life and actually in his eyes because I had no self-love and and I had no other way to love myself than to accept his love and accept him in my life. And so everything that I did, accepting whatever was happening between us was actually because it was my only way of loving myself and and accepting myself because he accepted me and he loved me and so that's why I just stayed with him for such a long time and while I just knew inside of myself that of course I loved him but it wasn't right to to stay with him and that we stay together because he was feeling a gap inside of myself and love is not filling gaps love is like the cherry on the cake and I was feeling a gap inside of him and I was helping him to cope with his problems and he was just feeling that gap inside of my heart and and so we just stayed together because it was convenient and comfortable because we didn't have to face our problems and we were not able to break up because we knew that if we had to break up we would have to face those problems and to be strong and to face all those gaps inside of our hearts because there was no other way than just do it. And so that's why I remember that pain into my chest and that fear and those screams and those tears when I was on that ground, so afraid of of what was going to happen next because I just didn't know how to live on my own and how to love myself. I just, it was so hard, it was just unbearable and every time I just thought of the idea of having to wake up every morning alone, of having to do all the things we plan to do on my own, I just, it was awful, it was so painful and so, I was so scared because I was not sure I was able to do that on my own because I didn't really know myself because during all those years I just lived through the eyes of other people and I never had the courage to look into the mirror for real and see who was standing in front of me and who was really the reflection of what I saw in that mirror and it was just easier to see myself through someone else's eyes because I could kind of choose what I wanted to see because you choose the people you 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 just stay with so I kind of chose what I wanted to be reflected and remembered of, reminded of every day. So I kind of choose the person that would not um, 
that would not challenge me or that would not confront me with all my inner demons and and Ursula thoughts. So I just stayed in the comfort for such a long time until it was unbearable. And so the thing that actually made me realize that I was so miserable is that I was so skinny, I was so gray, I was so fade and I just kept on um I just kept on being like so miserable while I had everything I dreamed of for so long. I had a home, I had cats, I had a horse, I had um a boyfriend, I had a future life planned ahead. I had everything I dreamed of and yet I was not happy because I knew deep down that there was that hole in my heart that was not that was just filled superficially that it was just a wound covered with a bandage and that the wound was not really um it wasn't really cleaned and I didn't know what it was and so I just I just took my courage and I just decided to face that and so that's actually what I've been struggling with those last two years and that's actually why it's still really difficult to to accept that that person decided to step out of my life and that I actually um, accepted to let that person go out of my life because now I'm alone with myself and I haven't let anyone in since then because I'm still not at that stage where I really love myself Um, and it's a big work in process Um, and so yeah today um, update today's updates regarding the self-love is that it's still not there Um, it's in the process because I know that practicing yoga meditating deleting Instagram and Facebook for a week because it makes me go crazy is a step towards self-love but it's still not I mean I still don't love myself I start to love parts of me um, but I still don't love myself and I don't know if self-love and self-confidence really walk hand in hand together but I think they're quite linked um, and at least for me uh, maybe some people have lack lack self-love but they are amazing at self-confidence and maybe vice versa but in my case um, I like at both and it's actually really difficult because it really has blocked me um, it really has blocked me to just do the things that I believe in because I believe that I'm not worthy enough or that my ideas are not as good enough or that whatever I want to do or create is not good enough because I don't feel worthy, because I don't believe in myself and because I don't love myself. So I know that the road is still 
really long and really tough. But I also know that in order to love yourself, you have to do a lot of sacrifices and you have to prioritize things. And so I know that a lot of friends and family members might not all not always understand my choices. But what I'm doing today and what I did for the last five years have been really important in that path towards self-love. Um, and I think that it has first been a path of self-acceptance. And I think I've accepted that I'm extreme. I'm highly sensitive. I am all in or all out. I am a lot of things. And I think I've accepted myself as I am. And since since I accepted me, or at least since since I'm working on accepting who I am, I am slowly accepting, loving who I am really slowly. Um, but I think that the path I am on now is more doing things and walking towards self-love, like moving to Lisbon, like staying in Sydney, like doing a completely new job, like um, practicing yoga every day and like like a lot of things. I really, I really know that all the choices I made those last years or most of them are part of that self-love path that I needed to take in order to step by step love myself and love those part of myself that I hate so much. And I know it's not always easy and it's not always understandable. But if there's something that I know I have, it's a really big, big intuition and really strong intuition. And when I listen to my guts, that's what they say. They say that I should put myself first for the moment because I just can't continue not loving myself because if I continue on that path, I will never be able to really let anyone enter my life. I will never be able to really construct intimacy with anyone else. I will never be able to love anyone else, neither like a partner or kids, or family members, or friends. And I know that I might not have been the perfect friend, girlfriend, daughter, or sister. But I just promise you one thing, is that I really did the best I can with all I had at that time. And I know that it doesn't always look like I lack self-love and self-confidence. But if there is one thing I've learned is that it's not about how it looks like. It's just about how it feels. <laughs>